we need to talk strikes fear into the hearts of most. But we're breaking down that scary declaration on the Talking Couple podcast. I'm Deshaun. And I'm Laurie. We're married. Both from the South, but made the cross-country move to L.A. And are busy pursuing our careers. Even with the demands of life, we aim to put our marriage first. Every other week, we share personal experiences from our own relationship to help other couples spot red flags, get fresh insight, and ultimately strengthen their partnerships. We get real, raw, and sometimes a little uncomfortable to give you the tools to change your life. Hello, world, and welcome to the Talking Couple podcast, episode number 108. On today's show, we're sharing our money journey. If you're engaged or newlywed, don't skip this one because over the next three episodes, you're going to learn our tips and tricks toward financial literacy and be well on your way to growing your first million together. This is our favorite topic and it tends to dominate all of our conversations whether we're like in the kitchen or in the bedroom or at the dinner table. Yeah. And sometimes even during our home workouts. Yeah, which I don't so, know how because we, I feel like I can never breathe during those workouts. Oh my gosh. Talking about those workouts, we've been doing Insanity, uh-huh. which has been insane, and P90X as well. Insanity is for like our cardio, it's just yeah. crazy. And um, P90 is where we're getting to do. Lifting weights, doing the resistant band. So that's yeah. been... We're trying to not come through this quarantine a lot heavier in weight or starting from scratch when we ever go back to our personal trainer. Yeah. But whew, so, we're, at least we're doing it. Yeah, we're, we're doing we it. We are doing it. So coach, <laughs> just to let you know, we're still getting after it. We're trying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's dive right in. Um, this will probably be a shorter episode because we're breaking the topics into three separate parts. Yeah. So basically today, we're just going to share our money journey so far and some of the hurdles that we've overcome to get to this point. And I'm just going to put this out there. Money should not be a boring topic. Yeah. And it also shouldn't create an argument. Well, this subject is like super fun for me because yeah. we love to talk about it. And we want to make sure that when you want to talk about it, that you guys are always on the same page. Yeah, because if you're on the same page, then it's a lot easier to have that type of conversation. Exactly. Um, so we promise we are not going to bore you over these next three episodes. We are going to be talking about real life and real strategies that have worked for us. Yeah. I think it would help to start at the very beginning. Yes. Oh, before we were before we were uh, a couple. Did you like that little tune? <laughs> that was nice. Like, yeah. what type of financial shape were we in? I wasn't in a very good shape. I had some money saved up, but I didn't have like credit, um, and I just worked for my money. I didn't have like any retirements or investments saved. I just wasn't educated on that front. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard you say, oh, if I had only known this like 10 or 15 years ago. Oh, gosh. When we first started dating, I remember you kind of saying, well, I don't want a credit card because mm-hmm. I don't want to get into trouble, you know, and overextend myself, which is a really great mindset to have because so many people do get in credit card debt. But yet there was a, 
negative side effect of that in that you didn't really have a strong credit history, so therefore you had a pretty weak credit score, and that can be really challenging when you're trying to finance anything. Buy a car, a home. You can't do much without it. So before we jump forward to kind of what we started to do at that point, for me, before we met, you know, I was obviously single and... (laughs) was, you know, had a great job, was making good money. And so about the time I hit 30, mm-hmm. I was like, well, I've got money and savings. Now what? You know, I'm saving at work through my employer-sponsored retirement plan. Mm-hmm. Now what? Um, and so I sought out the help of a financial advisor. And he sort of sat down with me and helped me understand because it was a foreign language to me at that time. Right. He sort of helped me understand the different buckets, the different strategies. And at that point in time, I had set up a life insurance plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had some disability insurance um, just for like protection of what I had saved and also protection for my family. If something were to happen to me, I didn't want them stuck paying my mortgage. Yeah. And had some other thoughts about kind of where I could put money but hadn't made that leap yet. So yeah. I was I was a little bit further along than you. And I had the advantage of a pension through my work because I was a government employee and we had a pension that I was vested in. So that's a huge benefit that yeah. most people don't have nowadays. Yeah, that's so really good. I always felt like I was a couple steps ahead of you and now we've been trying to make sure that you can get caught up exactly. to where you need to be. Really working hard to get, you know, my retirement set up, looking at all those different accounts. We're trying to just make sense of all of it. We basically had a conversation when we started dating. Like we do, oh. we talk about all these things. We're not afraid. And I was like, you have got to do something about this credit score. Yeah. And you need to get anything off your credit record that shouldn't, your credit report that shouldn't be there. Old stuff that just Old I had no idea what that was there. Yeah. And then so, so we started tackling that. Got that taken care of and then... Got uh, you a, like, secured credit card so that you could at least have something in your name. Baby steps. Baby steps, (laughs) baby steps. And then just basically started tackling an emergency fund. I mean, you really had, like, nothing in your savings account. Not a whole lot in my savings account. And so building that up and then getting the car and then helping that really, like, jump my credit up for sure. At first, it wasn't super easy because you were having trouble getting approved for that car loan at first because you didn't have the employment history at your job and that consistent paycheck because you were commission-only sales. Mm -hmm. And so then we were talking about cosign, a cosigner, that sort of thing. So again, like if you can protect your credit score because once that gets tarnished, it's an uphill climb. Yeah, it's really bad trying to get that thing fixed. Yeah. So we started taking some baby steps for you even before we ever were engaged. Yeah. And that made a big difference, I think. Yeah, it was like, a huge difference. Yeah. You know, it just you start to respect money a little bit more. And then once you're understanding, like, hey, there's nothing to be afraid of. It's just you got to tackle it. And then you have a partner that wants to do the same things that you want to do to get better. And, and then once you see that money start to grow and things start to move and change, then you're, you become not obsessed, but you, you start to see 
the benefit. Yeah, you see the benefits of it. So, And then I guess once we got married, you know, then you were like, hey, I have an advisor. We should really sit down and talk about all the different accounts and how we can really protect our assets and grow yeah. as a couple and like really like hone in on those things that we want to get done. You know, when I had met with an advisor several years before we ever got married, and we met on an annual basis, but my priorities and my goals were a little bit different because they mm-hmm. were it was just me than when we got married. So it was really important to meet with an advisor so that we could both get on the same page and really talk about what are our goals and dreams. And that's something that you preach in your current occupation. Yeah. That's something you're passionate about being, you know, with being an advisor. I guess a spoiler alert, you're now a financial advisor. (laughs) So that's something that we both are passionate about, like kind of spreading that knowledge on to other people who are just starting out. Because, you know, we've, I feel very fortunate and grateful that I started at an early age. So it's like the sooner you can start, The the better. Getting into the industry, I really had a passion to help people like myself or help couples that were, in a situation where they don't necessarily understand yeah. about their finances or about where they can put their money into different accounts. You know, the clients that you specialize and you enjoy working with most are actually newlyweds, newlyweds that are just starting out, which just goes to show you don't have to have a ton of money or, you know, you don't have to be super far along in your career. I think once we got married and we sat down with the advisor, at that point we created an IRA for you because mm-hmm. if you and if you're like um Deshaun, he's an independent contractor and has been for a lot of his career. So he doesn't have an employer sponsored retirement plan yeah. that matches. So not only does he not have that re- that sponsored plan, but he's not getting the employee match. So mm-hmm. he has to almost like double down yeah. on <laughs> what he's putting in where I'm fortunate enough to have you that, have that yeah. through my employer. So there are things like that that we talked about with our advisor to realize where's the gap. So yeah. we knew that he needed to get individual retirement plan mm-hmm. for, for you. For myself, yeah. Yeah. And then we started putting some additional money into a mutual fund. And the reason for that was is we wanted some, Something some more liquidity. Th- we wanted, and what we mean by that, we wanted to have access to that money at any given time and not be penalized for touching that money. You and know. still be able to grow and... You know, not it's just not sitting in the bank, getting small amounts of less than one percent <laughs> of interest. Yeah, so yeah. so that was about the the biggest thing we did when we met with a financial advisor after we got married is we kind of got you squared away mm-hmm. and sort of talked about what does the future look like. And at the time, we didn't really know <laughs> yeah, that well, the future was going to bring us to California. That's true, and that's when I really made the transition into the financial industry and really got my feet wet and started to study and understand about all these different accounts that we just got, well, that I just opened up and a couple of our joint accounts. And it's like, okay, we like this topic. Let's really figure out the best route for us and how we can get to our goals and our dreams and, you know, eventually me helping others to do the the same same thing. thing. Knowledge is power. I mean, it really is. Like the amount of books that we have read in the last year and the amount of 
information that I've consumed either by podcast or by reading, it's just amazing how much it can open your eyes to, to see opportunities that you never saw before. Right. It's motivating. It's motivating to keep learning. You know, our goals and our plans for the future are going to be way different than somebody who has kids and right. who's wanting to work till 65 or later. That's they don't not, want to do that. Yeah, that's not on our agenda. So why don't we talk about what our true life goals are and how the money piece is the crucial key to making those things happen. Sure. Our goals and, you know, just being financially free, financial freedom, what does that mean? It's just being able to leave mandatory work, you know? <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> not necessarily retiring, but just being able to not have to work for another big company or corporation or what have you. But if you wanted to do something part-time, you're able to and not have to worry about money, you know? Yeah, um, I think kind of work on your own terms is what I, I like to say. I, I like to say retire from mandatory work, but retire kind of has this sense of like, oh, we're just going to sit back and play golf or something. <laughs> but I think what I envision from our life, especially me, like this is like just a, this is just a laser focus for me personally, is I want to have the ability to work on my own terms. Mm -hmm. And I've built a successful career and I've done that for many, many years. And now I kind of want to be able to have the ability to say, yeah, of course I still want to work, but maybe that work looks like writing a book or maybe that work looks like helping you with your business right. or maybe that looks like managing um, some of our real estate investments or starting a company or what have you. But regardless, it's on my own terms and I can work as much or as little as I want. And so in order to have the freedom to do that, we have to have the investments in place to sort of cover the gap from yeah. the loss of income that might come as the result of um, me walking away from a corporate career. Exactly. Another thing is traveling the world. Yes. Going to not just here in the U.S., but a lot of other different places. If we want to leave for a year, then... We can do that. That way you don't have to hear me constantly say, I want to go back to Thailand. I want to live in Mexico on okay, the beach. I want to. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. And then last but not least is FU money. So meaning that you can just. Remind me of the whatever. author of the book. Oh, Dan Locke. Dan Locke. Dan Locke. Dan we Locke. loved your book. It really great philosophy. Put you in a, a different perspective of looking at money. And being able to essentially say F you. There are times, of course, in life that you have to kind of sacrifice and do what you have to do in order to make ends meet. But life is also meant to be enjoyed. And so you shouldn't have to go through life just going without all the time. Right. That it's not about how much can I scrimp and save and, and deny myself of things that I enjoy. Mm -hmm. It's more about how can you find opportunities and grow and create assets that produce money so that you do have the freedom to, do to say, you yeah. know what, I want to treat myself to a spa a weekend or... I want to have a $20,000 birthday. Well, I mean, and I, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like, eh, about the excess. Like, I, I think there's, yeah. there's a balance with everything. But to be able to, like, really take care of yourself... That's worth a lot. Yeah, it really is. 
So uh, we've got to talk about the big things. We kind of touched on the IRA, which stands mm-hmm. for an individual retirement account. Right. Let's give folks a breakdown of kind of all the different places where we put Good. money. Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, and compare that to, I guess maybe we should start with our expenses. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. So we went through this exercise not that long ago, actually, because we were curious how our expenses have changed since COVID. And there's been definitely a decrease in some areas. Yes. We're not people that necessarily eat out a ton. So it wasn't that we saw a huge drop in like our food expenses. Um, but we've definitely seen a decrease in, for instance, we're not paying for a gym membership or a personal trainer. Yeah. We do cook all of our dinners at home. So we are saving some, some there. money there, but we're I, not going to the movies. Our groceries or, are a little bit more now because yeah. we're cooking more. Yeah. Um, power, all that stuff is relatively the same. the same. Yeah. So all in all, change. given all of our expenses that we calculated, we're right about 8000 a month yeah. for expenses. And then as far as the breakdown of the accounts we have, we have our savings account, you know, which has an emergency fund in it, an individual retirement account, your 401k. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have two Index Universal Life Policies. And, it, and, that's, and that's a life insurance life policy, insurance, right? Right. And then you have your pension. I have my pension through my previous employer, mm-hmm. which I partially invested in partially vested in so yeah. i'll get a percentage of what my salary was when i retire yep. and then we have our joint mutual fund account yep and then We're we dabble a little bit in stocks ourselves through an app what's yeah. the app we use for that m1 finance m1 finance so we we've we, done a little bit not not, not like huge or anything big but a lot of our focus is just on the the main accounts you've heard the term a diversified portfolio but you know you don't want all of your dollars in the stock market because when you see the stock market go down, you're seeing all of your money Money go down down with it. (laughs) Um, But you obviously want to take advantage of some of those, those gains. We can go into a lot of that in more detail, but basically we're saving a little over 30% of -hmm. our taxable income into one of these particular accounts. So, well, it's spread out through all of them. Yeah, yeah, it's spread out throughout. The guidance of saving, I think, what is it, 20% or something? You want to to be above everything. You want to try and do at least 20% of your taxable, of your income. taxable income. To really hit good marks and to try and retire early to make sure you have the things that you want to get accomplished. The more, the, more, the better. The better. <laughs> yeah, you I know. feel like 30% sounds like a lot, but... If we could do 50%, like oh. if we could basically save one salary and live off the other, yeah. then we would really be even closer to the whole early retirement mark, which is top of mind for yes. me because it's just something I'm super laser focused on right now. And then the next part, we can talk a little bit more about those percentages. Yeah. So we'll break all of that down. And some of those terms, like you might not be familiar with, and that's totally fine mm-hmm. because you're not alone. About 90% of the population has is only pr- probably familiar with 401k and, you Things know. that they get at their job. Maybe a savings account, yeah. and that's about it. So, <laughs> so we'll explain all of that in more detail and really kind of help you understand how those tools can be utilized to your advantage. And we'll do that on the next episode of The Talking Couple. Yeah.
And we'll also share some uh, success stories from real life clients of mine. So mm -hmm. subscribe today so that you don't miss part two of the Four Richer series. And um, be sure to send us your top money related questions to the talking couple on Instagram or Facebook. And we're excited because we're going to answer some of those questions on the show in part three. Until next time. Get to talking. Thanks for joining us for the Talking Couple podcast. We have a favor to ask. Please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the Talking Couple. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find us on social media. We are The Talking Couple on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram.